morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you are listening to this. This is Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. This is a new year, a new you, a new me. We have a new president, which hopefully means a good thing. I voted for the guy. Uh, The lunatic that we have leaving hopefully will either be locked away for a very long time or whisked away by some foreign enemy and they'll make him do uh, hard labor, hard time cracking rocks for them to build their own little wall. But that's neither here nor there. I'm moving on. He's out of the picture finally. Well, not until the 20th of January. But this is beginning my third season for this show. This is January 2021. The sad part is you still have to say 2020 before you get to 2021. So no matter what, we're always going to be saying 2020 before we get to the next number. A little unnerving. But hey, there's a uh, cure available now. An actual immunization shot. Immunizing people. Immunizing people from COVID-19. So people to the left of me and to the right of me are getting it. As soon as it's made available, I'm getting it. My family's getting it. And no, it does not mutate your genes. No, it will not steal your identity. No, it will not erase your memory or make you walk backwards speaking Portuguese. That will not happen. Um, I know of people who've gotten the shot and they are inoculated. So I'm going to go ahead and let you listen to the show for now. Touching on a few... Issues from last year, covering some topics pertaining from cryptozoology to UFOlogy, the regular paranormal stuff such as ghosts, haunted locations. A new series will start near the end of January for this show. That's when season three officially kicks off. Consider this a precursor, a sneak preview to the coming attraction. I'm Neil Parks. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. World's most haunted forests. In Japan, known as the Sea of Trees, the dense forest at the northwest base of Mount Fuji is one of the eeriest places in the world. It's rumored that large underground iron deposits interfere with compasses, setting walkers forth on the wrong paths. Sadder still, the forest has been the site of more than 500 reported suicides since the 1950s. Locals claim to hear their spirits scream through the night. Black Forest in Germany. The Grimm brothers set many of their fairy tales in this bewitching landscape along the Rhine River in southwestern Germany, which looks just as you'd imagine. So densely forested with fir and pine trees that sunlight rarely pierces through. It makes an ideal playground for mythological creatures like sorcerers, werewolves, witches, and kindred or kind-hearted dwarves. For 
a more adult tale of hauntings, killings, and dark magic in this forest, turn to The Necromancer, first published in 1794. Wishwood Forest in England. A hand reaching out to touch the shoulder of a solitary person. A horse-drawn cart carrying a couple with two sobbing children. These are the reports out of Wishwood Forest. Once part of a larger royal hunting ground in Oxfordshire. Most compelling is the case of Amy Robsart, the wife of the Earl of Leicester. She mysteriously died of a broken neck, confronted her husband as a ghost while he was hunting in Wishwood, and predicted he would join her in ten days, which he did after falling ill. Anyone who meets her, it is said, will befall a similar and swift fate. Devil's Tramping Ground in North Carolina. Deep in the woods, near Harper's Crossroads, about 10 miles east of Siller City, there's a mysterious 40-foot ring where the devil stomps and circles each night, plotting how to bring about the downfall of mankind. Or so the story goes. Even the North Carolina State Department of Agriculture has supposedly taken samples of the soil and has yet to come up with an explanation for why the patch is devoid of growth. Dal Hill in India. The Victoria Boys School, established in the late 19th century in West Bengal, is rumored to be haunted. Students report ownerless footsteps echoing in the corridors, but the surrounding Dow Hill Forest is an even bigger hotbed of paranormal activity, with woodsmen reporting seeing a headless boy wandering among the trees. Romania has the Hoi Bakue Woods. Hoi Bakue in Transylvania has captured attention of the wrong sort of more than half a century. Residents of nearby towns claim the forest which has a circular clearing at the center, is a portal, and that those who pass through may never return. Anyone who does survive reports feeling anxious and nauseous the whole time they are there. Once said to stand straight and tall, the trees are even twisted into knots now. Island of the Dolls in Mexico the trees of this island near Mexico City are strung with hundreds of dolls, two creepy horror movie-style effects. The island's only inhabitant, Don Julian Santana, discovered the body of a girl in one of his canals more than 50 years ago. He found a doll floating in the same water and, in tribute, hung it on a tree. The first of thousands of dolls he would string up until 2001 when he drowned in the very same canal. Some believe the dolls, many of which are missing limbs, are evil. Others believe they safeguard the island. Depart from Embarcadero Ferry Terminal for the four-hour round trip to see for yourself. Freetown Fall River State Forest in Massachusetts. Part of the Bridgewater Triangle. This 200-square-mile swath of land as southeastern Massachusetts is tormented by paranormal activity with layer upon layer of intrigue. The Native Americans who occupied it in the 1600s sold it reluctantly 
and left behind several burial grounds. It was believed to be the site of satanic murders in the 70s and 80s, and it's still the backdrop for odd sightings, UFOs, poltergeists, fireballs. Randolph Forest in Maine, billed as the smallest town in the state. Randolph Forest, flanked by residences, has an outsized reputation among locals for being haunted. Abandoned cars and ripped up railroad tracks that once used to usher veterans to a hospital, now grown over with grass, are the backdrop for reported flashes of light, the appearance of orbs, and strange ambient noises. During the daytime, the woods seem harmless, but we dare you to venture there when night falls. Epping Forest in England. Stretching from East London to Essex, 6,000-acre Epping Forest has been the setting of horrors both real and, well, debatably so. It served as the hideout for outlaw Dick Turpin and cop killer Harry Roberts and has also been the hiding place for murder victims, among those the children targeted by Ronald Jebson, an episode of the British living TV show, attempted to find the ghost of Turpin, but the team ended up lost themselves, perhaps a prank of the elusive spirit. Robinson Woods in Illinois. Alexander Robinson, born Chi-Chi Penquay, and chief of the Potawamas and Ottawa and Chippewa nations, is buried along with his families in these woods. Orbs of light throughout the night and thought to be the spirits of Robinson's family appear both day and night, while during the day groups of deer sometimes circle visitors without apparent reason. Near the graves, people tell of smelling lilacs during the winter. Fifth Wood in England. In the early 19th century, the Greenlaw House, within walking distance of Frith Wood, was converted into barracks for French prisoners captured during the Napoleonic Wars. A woman supposedly fell in love with a prisoner who was beaten to death at that time by her father and brother. She died shortly thereafter, possibly by her own hand. Her ghost returns to the site of her lover's murder. Some say she sobs. Others say she runs frantically through the trees. And then Old House Woods in Virginia. This 50-acre forest near the Chesapeake Bay is a refuge for the ghosts of 18th century British soldiers and pirates who once passed through the nearby historic port town of Matthews and who may have left buried treasure chests in its soft drift. At the center of the woods off Haven Beach Road was a solitary and dilapidated colonial homestead that burned to the ground. Of all the sightings here, perhaps the most intriguing was reported by fishermen on White's Creek in the 19th century, a ship silently plying the creek, continuing on over the beach and disappearing into the woods. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. 
I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. The Smithsonian Institute recognized the destruction of thousands of giants. The Institute admitted that it destroyed thousands of giant human skeletons in the early 1900s. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled to publish classified documents dated as early as 1900, proving that the organization took part in a major historic cover-up of evidence showing that tens of thousands of giant human remains were found across America and destroyed by orders of high-ranking evidence. The leaders to protect the dominant chronology of human evolution at the time. Suspects from the American Institute of Alternative Archaeology, AIAA, that the Smithsonian Institute destroyed thousands of giant human remains was accepted by the organization in bayonets, which responded by suing AIAA for slander and attempting to harm the reputation of the 168-year-old institute. According to the AIAA, Representative James Charward had new details that came up during the trial when several Smithsonian Institute insiders recognized the existence of documents that allegedly proved the destruction of tens of thousands of human skeletons, ranging from 6 to 12 feet tall, whose existence of traditional archaeology, for various reasons, does not want to recognize. The demonstration of the human hip bone of about one to three meters long as evidence of the existence of such giant human bones. This proof broke a hole in the defense of the institution's lawyers on the slander case as the bone was stolen from the high organization by one of its high-ranking curators in the mid-1930s. He kept the bone throughout his entire life and wrote a confession upon his deathbed that the Smithsonian Institute's cover-up and their operations. He said in his note, it's terrible what they do to people, he writes. We hide the truth about the ancestors of humanity, the giants who inhabited this earth, which are mentioned in Bible texts as well as other ancient texts. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled to publish these classified documents on everything related to the destruction of evidence related to pre-European culture as well as elements related to human skeletons more than usual. The publication of these documents will help archaeologists and historians review modern theories about human evolution and help us understand the pre-European culture of America and the rest of the world, says Gans Gutenberg, director of the AIAA. Historical Chronicles of the 19th century often report findings in different corners of the globe of skeletons of people with abnormally high growth, which brings to mind a situation in the south central Ohio uh, portion of Ohio when they were putting in a new by road that separates between a major highway and a road that connects into the city of Chillicothe, Ohio. When they were digging to make this new road, they found unmarked graves 
consisting of about six to ten giant humanoid skeletons that were in excess of 12 feet tall apiece. And when they made this discovery, it was quickly shut down. They brought in experts from outside the field, outside of the group that was hired to do the digging and the moving of the land. Local authorities got involved. They were kindly cast aside and told that this was a matter of a different authority. And these bodies were exhumed and said they were going into an archaeological find. They were going to do a huge write-up and reveal this to the world. But since then, the road's been put down. It's been years now. People have come and gone. Uh, we have an entirely new uh, sheriff's department because the local authorities were getting involved in trying to blow the lid off of all of this. And that sheriff's no longer with us, nor are his deputies. And the bodies are gone too. But there were several eyewitnesses that saw these bodies themselves. And many of them were forced or cohorsed into signing a NDA with said organization that was going to reveal the findings and protect the integrity of the witnesses. But since then, no one's integrity and no, no one has really had their integrity protected. And those that are willing to come forward have talked to me, explained what they saw, described and have written and sketched out in detail what they saw. And the five people I've spoken with that were present or had seen evidence at that time, uh, they all match up. Uh, same situation along the Ohio River separating Ohio from Kentucky. In the early 1900s, several giant humanoid skeletons were found along the riverbanks and were removed and covered up, never to be seen again. Now, this seems to be going on a lot. And these things are coming out more so during this pandemic in the year 2020. I mean, the Pentagon has now admitted that UFOs have always been here. They've been watching them. There have been encounters with aliens and crafts that are not of this planet. And that hit the mainstream media. But because of all the protests, the riots, the pandemic, the upcoming election, the lunacy that is the Donald Trump administration, and on top of that, any and every other thing possible to be thrown in our direction to divert our attention. What better time to release information this magnificent about our history, about the mysteries of the universe, than now, in the middle of all of this noise that we're surrounded by? It's a good way for someone to slide in the truth completely undetected. The weird world of haunted eBay. Purchase with caution. Buyer beware warns the eBay listing for the haunted vintage antique evil active possessed witch demon doll. So many things have happened when this doll is near, writes Selimant Treasures number seven. She must go. I cannot have her in my home any longer. The doll which has been photographed from a Ouija board can be purchased for $99.99 plus $7.70 shipping. The Ouija board is not included. Now, this is for an artist's obsession with listings for the cursed, doomed, and otherwise unexplained. They actually have this cursed item atop a Ouija board. 
haunted vintage antique evil active possessed witch demon doll buyer beware it says for $99.99 you too can own this little piece of evil for your own home I wouldn't suggest doing that the owner goes on to say I just got obsessed said the artist Eric Ocklander 31 speaking of the night two years ago when he first came across a listing like this one the item was described as a haunted box, which we all know as a Debic box, and he immediately immediately began searching for others. That night, he captured screenshots of more than 50 similar listings and has been looking at them ever since and for more. Another example, the haunted spelled pirate ship Pirate Spirits brings money and riches for $49.99. Or how about the haunted spirit puppy's dog puppy animal antique old figure? No doll, paranormal, for $14.99. Or the haunted 16-inch spiritual doll, spirit vessel, supernatural paranormal power, could be yours for $59 and $7 shipping. There's also the haunted bones totem, magical for the metaphysical, for only $5.95, with $4 shipping. Oglander describes himself as a collector of aesthetics, and his material is the ephema of this world and around us for him it is not the item on sale but rather the listing itself which becomes the object the listings are a way of containing a story and also telling a story at the same time he said the images are taken from this collection that he has his previous work includes craigslist mirrors a popular tumblr site that was published as a book in 2016 seemingly simple in conceit it consists exclusively of screenshots of listings of people selling mirrors on craigslist the images are funny poignant and often unintentionally telling revealing strange corners of people's lives another sample of what he has collected through the years a large size paranormal haunted box lot Curious doll and jewelry, Wiccan and more, for $50. He also has a cursed ring, 100% haunted, witch-owned blue stone ring, vessels, vampire master spirit, $140.50. I appreciate the fact that these photos are being taken for the sole intent of selling an object, Oglander said. Once they are put into a new context, however, they can then be appreciated as something aesthetic. By collecting the listings in this way, Oglander brings out patterns that may go otherwise unnoticed, and if so, only in passing. Like the haunted spirit figurine, no doll Simbacat feline plays animal meows for $24.99, or the black-eyed 16-inch spiritual spirit vessel doll, supernatural paranormal power is haunted, $5,800. The haunted eBay listings include many ordinary objects such as feathers, coins, pebbles, pieces of wood. Often they are said to be enchanted for good luck or for fortune, good or ill. You will be able to feel the vibrational energy from your coin. Must be a positive environment and attitude for it to work. Advises one seller, please note this chip is for money luck only, not general good fortune or finding love with a different spell, warns another. Uh, another example of an item that's a cursed piece on eBay. Voodoo spell, lucky money token, casino chip, Bally's AC, not haunted but very powerful. Or a metaphysical magical rock, 
slice of pie, the haunted stone healing for $48. You've got a haunted folk magic, natural wood effigy healing or for hexing elemental only $65. Other items are said to have powers all their own. Hearing voices is really common. Faces appearing, sounds, Oglander said, but also misfortunes happen. A string of negative events can happen in people's lives, like these objects have cursed them before. The claims are, of course, difficult to verify. The site's rules dictate that all listings must offer a physical item or tangible service. Many listings include disclaimers about the objects. Supernatural attributes as required per eBay's policy on the sale of paranormal items. This is for the sale of a tangible item only. No promise of a spiritual attachment, writes one seller. Purchase with caution, writes another. Not recommended for children to play with. There's an It Clown, 21-inch tall, haunted, dull spirit, vessel paper mache, paranormally active and creepy AF, $19. Or the Haunted Spirit Doll, Spirit Vessel Supernatural Paranormal Active, Possessed Doll, $39. There's the Corn Man, Strange Corn Field Sightings, Paranormal Apparition, Left Behind Mask, $110. Haunted Coin Collection, Very Active, Make Wishes, Fun and Magical, $3.99. Still, such disclaimers do not entirely prevent instances of negative feedback from disappointed customers, which sellers sometimes address. They often reply and say that you need to exit with it for a while before you start experiencing things, said Oglender. You didn't give it enough time. For example, I'm disappointed that nothing happened. Not haunted, not sure why they ensure spirits go to the good people. In this context, buyer beware serves as both a disclaimer and as a potential selling point. As one listing put it, I do not take any responsibility for it. If anything at all happens, blown fuses, divorce, etc., the item, a vintage teddy bear, sold for $560 after only 46 bids. Vintage haunted plush teddy bear. When asked if he was superstitious, Oglander said, I guess I believe in spirits. I want to at least hope that there's some magic in the world, some underlying thing we can't see. Still, he has never bought a haunted item himself. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. I've been a diehard Bigfoot enthusiast since I was a kid. There were these documentaries that were made in the 1970s. Raymond Burr hosted them. And George C. Scott did a couple as well as Leonard Nimoy. 
They pertain to Bigfoot sightings, eyewitness accounts, uh, dramatizations, reenactments of these said sightings. Uh, also, the documentaries they did related to the Bermuda Triangle, UFO sightings, ghostly encounters, the ghosts of Gettysburg. Uh, the list goes on. Uh, I was very young when these came out. Um, it, it drew me in right away. And when I was about eight, I set out on my own hiking slash camping adventure looking for Bigfoot in the Gooseneck Mountains of my grandmother's property that was in between Beaver and Piketon, Ohio, on the back 40 Podunk. Uh, if you're not at all familiar with that, if you've heard of BFE, it's just south of that. It is literally over the river and through the woods and up the hill and down the mountain. It's way off the beaten path. I don't think any cell phone company gets service out there. But when I was a kid, cell phones didn't exist. We just had walkie-talkies, two-way radios, whatnot, CB radios. And I went off for what was going to be an overnight stay. I was going to camp out in the woods and look for Bigfoot. Lo and behold, it took me a few hours before I got bored and came home because instead of finding Bigfoot, I, in fact, discovered um, a deer carcass, a beehive where I almost got stung by bees, and a cave where something was snarling and growling from the inside. Um, chances are it was either a bear or a bobcat. But when I heard that, I decided to head back home. It was around 5 p.m. on a Saturday when I returned to my grandma's house, empty-handed, but not losing the faith in finding Bigfoot one day. And in fact, a promise I've made to myself as well as those who know me, if I were to ever find Bigfoot and we locked eyes and we communicated in one way, shape or form, um, it, it would be an honor to set my eyes upon such a magnificent creature, whether it be a, a humanoid or whatever his species would be or its species would be considered uh, in reference to Bigfoot. I don't want to refer to the female Bigfoot as he. I would never tell anyone where I discovered it, where I found Bigfoot. I, I would be afraid that these gun nut hunters would run into the woods firing at anything that moves and disrupting the habitat of the Sasquatch that I found. And that would just break my heart because they are literally an endangered species. In fact, the government has already acknowledged that these things exist. I mean, since the 1960s, they have put in the certain states, have put in their state's register as well as their almanacs. Uh, certain species that you will encounter, certain types of animals you will encounter, uh, while camping in the wilderness, while hiking the woods, while going and exploring the mountains, rock climbing, rappelling, what have you. They always, especially in the Pacific Northwest, always have Bigfoot mentioned in their state almanacs or in their state registers of animals that you will encounter, creatures you will encounter. In fact, um, the state of Washington has... Sasquatch as one of their on the endangered species list as well as one of their natural um, living creatures that reside within the area. And I know Tennessee also has something pertaining to that. And the list goes on with weird things the government has already acknowledged. For example, uh, UFO sightings, aliens, uh, fire marshal handbooks or fire department handbooks 
uh, in regards to like natural disasters or some sort of pandemic in relationship to alien encounters or a crashed UFO or first contact, there's actually steps that they are required to follow and train for if they do in fact encounter this type of phenomenon. So we've been preparing for it for a long time. It's just not really public knowledge. And it makes sense if you go all the way back to War of the Worlds when it was done in the format of a radio broadcast and everything was done with voice and sound effects before television existed really and this was all done on the radio people heard this recording and thought for certain that we were under an invasion at that point in time and there were people literally actually people committing suicide as a result of the fear that they felt from the possibility that their loved ones were going to die due to this alien invasion that was unfolding in this radio broadcast and this this dramatization and so many people by the hundreds maybe by the thousands thought this was a legit event that was happening it was unfolding and these secrets that are kept from us from the upper echelon by the upper echelon from us it, it makes sense if you think about it because the general population as a whole a majority of people are not prepared to handle such a change to our culture, to our society, to our civilization as an invasion or an arrival for that matter. The people of the world are not prepared to handle it. And especially with, within the United States, we are full of gun nuts in this country. Now, owning a gun is one thing. I'm cool with guns. I know how to handle them. I know how to dismantle them, reassemble them, clean them, name it. I can fire them. I can shoot them well. But when dudes are going out at gun shows and acquiring AR-15s and AK-47s without so much as a background check, they themselves could also have some sort of a blemish in their background for domestic violence or for assault charges or for some sort of mental illness, and they're able to acquire firearms with such a weapon of mass destruction. These killing machines they can acquire by the truckloads without a proper background check, without the waiting period that should be required when purchasing such a weapon. And there was a time when the government outlawed semi-automatic weapons. In fact, it was the Republicans who called for the banning of semi-automatic weapons. But now we have this new superpower that's running the boat and steering it directly into the rocks. And they're like, oh no, bump stocks are cool. That just turns your semi-automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. Why not? Because the NRA is lacing their pockets and funneling so much money into the GOP that they're bought and paid for by them. So of course they're going to kowtow to that. The NRA in that aspect, they're acting like a bunch of thugs, like the Teamsters, when they were bullying people into unions and doing dirty deeds behind closed doors to manipulate the money that was being paid into said unions. There's got to be a ceiling here where eventually they bump their heads and it's like, okay, this is where it stops. Have we not reached that point yet? An invasion or an arrival from some alien species would cause these lunatics that are acquiring these uh, killing machines, these weapons of mass destruction, 
to essentially start an interstellar war because they would run out to the yards of their homes or their buddies' houses, get lit up on moonshine, and start firing at whatever they saw in the sky. And their weapons are far more advanced than ours. So all it would do is just piss them off, and then it would cause us to become completely vaporized. It's just a key point to think about. We're really, as a civilization, not prepared for the truth, not equipped to handle it. It would change everything about what we know and what modern science has taught us and what known science can comprehend. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. Savannah, Georgia. Home to dozens of celebrated haunted houses and hundreds of ghost sightings, Savannah is often called the most haunted city in the United States, especially by its many ghost tour operators, who have often begun with the visit to the city's historic cemetery, a tangle of stone tombs, eerie statues, and spooky trees laced with Spanish moss. Among the cemetery's resident ghosts is that of Gracie Watson, a six-year-old who died of pneumonia in 1889. Her ghost is said to haunt the life-size statue that stands over her grave, which, like several other funeral statues in the cemetery, are sometimes said to move as if they were alive, while the sound of children playing or crying is sometimes heard nearby. Savannah's Hampton Lilybridge House was built in 1797 and was relocated to its current location several years later. Despite the discovery of a mysterious crypt beneath the new property, which has never been opened, since then no fewer than 26 families have lived in the house and have complained of various ghostly going-ons that forced them to move out. These strange encounters included furniture moving around and doors locking themselves. The most famous haunted house in Savannah may be the Sorrel Weed House, which appeared in the opening shots of the 1994 film Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis. The Sorrel Weed House is said to be the haunted by at least two vengeful ghosts, the wife and the rival lover of a shipping merchant, Francis Sorrel, who built the house in 1840. Francis' wife, Matilda Sorrel, allegedly jumped to her death when she discovered her husband's infidelity. But historical researchers point out that by the time of her reported suicide, in a moment of lunacy, the Sorrell family had moved out to another property next door. The Whaley House, which is located in San Diego, California. Whaley House in San Diego is the most haunted house in America, according to Life magazine. This house was built in 1857 on the site of a former graveyard and gallows. Over the years, it has served as a family home, a grain store, the San Diego County Courthouse, the city's first commercial theater, a ballroom, billiard hall, and a school. It subsequently opened as a museum in 1960. The oldest resident ghost at Whaley House is said to be the convicted robber Yankee Jim Robinson who was hanged in 1852 from a gallow that stood on the property. Before the house was built, according to a newspaper report, as the wagon holding him beneath the gallows moved away, Yankee Jim dragged his feet 
on the wagon for as long as possible before swinging like a pendulum and slowly strangling to death. Although Thomas Whaley, a settler and merchant, witnessed Yankee Jim's gruesome execution, he didn't it didn't prevent him from purchasing the property a few years later and building a house there. But within a few weeks of moving in, the Whaley family reported hearing heavy footsteps as if made by boots of a large man. The reports of footsteps and other sounds have persisted for more than 100 years. The youngest daughter of the family, who lived in the house until 1953, was reportedly convinced that it was haunted by the ghost of Yankee Jim. And visitors of the museum in the 1960s also reported hearing a phantom walking noise. Other visitors say they've seen the ghosts of the Whaley family themselves and the ghost of a woman in a long skirt in the former county courtroom. One parapsychologist reported that he saw a phantom dog running inside the house, similar to a fox terrier, the type of dog that was owned by the Whaley family. Next location is Bachelor's Grove Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. This small cemetery in a forest of the outskirts of Chicago has earned a reputation of the most haunted graveyard in the United States, thanks to more than 100 documented sightings of ghosts, strange lights, and other suggestively supernatural episodes. During the 1950s, after an outbreak of vandalism at the remote site, several people claimed to have seen an entity, an entire phantom farmhouse shimmering above the graveyard, which receded as they approached it. Others say they've seen the ghost of a farmer and his plow horse who died when they were dragged to their death in a nearby pond. Some people driving on the roads near the cemetery at night have reported encounters with a phantom 1940s-style gangster car that appears on the road in front of them before turning off the road and disappearing. Others claimed to have crashed in the phantom car at a sharp curve into the road, but after the shock had passed, there was no damage to their vehicle and there was no other car. In 1991, the Chicago Sun-Times newspaper ran a celebrated photograph taken by a visitor to the graveyard showing what appeared to be the semi-transparent form of a woman in an old-fashioned dress sitting on a gravestone. The photographer, part of a paranormal research team, claimed that the woman was not visible when the photograph was taken. The figure in the photograph has become known as the Madonna of Bachelor's Grove. It may be linked to the legend of the White Lady, the ghost of a woman buried next to her young child who is said to walk through the graveyard on nights of the full moon with the infant wrapped in her arms. Next on the list is in St. Louis, New Orleans, Louisiana, the St. Louis Cemetery. Paranormal, the paranormal has a distinctive local flavor in New Orleans which vies with uh, Savannah for the title of the most haunted city in America anyway. One of the city's most infamous haunted houses is the La La Laurie Mansion in the French Quarter. The mansion is the former home of Madame La Laurie, a wealthy widow and prominent socialite. In April 1834, after a fire at the house, rescuers found bound slaves in a secret torture chamber in the attic who had been horribly tortured over a long period, and there were signs that others had been murdered there as well. If you remember, uh, I believe it was season five of American Horror Story, no, season three of American Horror Story, uh, Coven, 
that they dealt with uh, the vengeful spirit of Madame Lalaurie and showed all of the horrible acts that she committed against her slaves and the experiments she used her slaves for. When the discovery became known, the house was raided by an outraged mob of citizens, and Madame Lalaurie fled the city. Later occupants of the building have claimed it is still haunted by the ghosts of her victims. The St. Louis Cemetery, number one in New Orleans, has something of a reputation for the dead not staying in their graves. Among them, Marie Laveau, the city's historical queen of voodoo, who died in 1851, but it was said to materialize above the crypt where she is buried each St. John's Eve, which is June 23rd. The Myrtles Plantation at St. Francisville, just outside of New Orleans, is rumored to have been built on a Tunica Indian burial ground. At least 12 ghosts are said to haunt this location of the plantation grounds and buildings, including Chloe, a slave who had <clears throat> was accused of poisoning the family of the plantation owners. The ghosts of her victims and mother and daughter are reported to be trapped inside a mirror in the main house. The ghost of a later owner, William Winter, is said to haunt the main staircase of the plantation house. Winter died in 1871 after being shot by a stranger who approached the house. Winter staggered inside and climbed the stairs to the 17th step where he died in his wife's arms. It is said his phantom footsteps can sometimes be heard on the staircase, climbing to the 17th step before stopping. Our next location, which is among the seven most haunted places in the United States, is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I myself spent a week in there, and the accounts that we witnessed, the paranormal activity that resides within this property, the whole location, if you were to build a subdivision in the middle of the field itself of Gettysburg, where the battles took place. Every single house would be haunted in this subdivision, not because of what took place in the houses, thus making it haunted, but the property itself would haunt the houses. It is the largest and deadliest battle in the American Civil War, and it took place in Gettysburg. In 1863, more than 8,000 combatants were killed at Gettysburg, and in the years since the bloody battle, an uncommon number of ghost stories have been linked to events and personalities on the battlefield. Several visitors to what is now the Gettysburg National Military Park have reported hearing sounds of battle, including phantom cannon fire and disembodied shouts or screams of ghostly soldiers. At a high rocky outcrop on the battlefield, it's called the Devil's Den where heavy fighting took place on the second day of the battle, which was June, uh, July 2nd, 1836. Several visitors over the years claim to have heard the sound of drum rolls and gunfire. Devil's Den is also said to be haunted by the apparently friendly and sometimes talkative ghost of a soldier wearing a buckskin clothing, a large hat, and no shoes. Several ghost sightings have also been reported at the hill, called Little Round Top, where Confederate troops were forced back from an assault on the flank of the Union forces, also on July 2nd, 1863, an event regarded by many historians as a turning point in the battle. It has been claimed that some Civil War enactors 
reenactors, I should say, who worked on the 1993 film Gettysburg. A dramatization of the battle met and spoke with a man in a shabby Union Army uniform who gave them some musket rounds, which they assumed were movie props, but which they later learned were Civil War rounds in pristine condition. Legend tells that three Confederate soldiers were hanged at Sachs Bridge, a covered bridge a few hundred yards west of the Gettysburg battlefield. Some stories say the soldiers have deserted from their unit, while others say they were hanged as spies. The bridge is now a favorite site for ghost hunters, and some claim to have heard sounds of loud gunfire and galloping horses, while others reported seeing strange moving mists and unexplicable lights. Saks Bridge was one line of retreat for General Robert E. Lee's defeated army of Northern Virginia over after the Union victory at Gettysburg, and the smell of smoke from the General's pipe has sometimes been reported nearby. The St. Augustine Light Station in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine's Light Station may be best known as the hundreds. Dave Grohl says that the Foo Fighters recorded their upcoming album, their 10th album, in that neat, uh, in California, and it turns out the house is haunted. They can't even tell you about the house because a lady is trying to sell it. They said, we found out about the history of the house and I had to sign an effing non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell it. So I can't give away what happened there, but they set up a baby monitor. Things did happen. They did see things. How cool is that? Um, Their guitars would be detuned between sessions. All their settings on their soundboard would go back to zero. Their tracks would go missing. Some tracks didn't record while theirs would be there instead i guess like weird mic open noises okay like the yeah, yeah, yeah mic would just open and noises would be there sure when they walked into the house dave said i knew the vibes were definitely off but the sound was effing on he said <laughs> stuff. the vibes were off but the sound yes. was on he said stuff That's started happening awesome. almost right away and they got increasingly weirded out and that wild? Yeah, who would not? I mean, like that's yeah, that's really weird. I Once mean, like, this- you're recording, you're recording like one of the coolest albums that you can record. What your your tenth one, and then right. all of a sudden you're surrounded by a bunch of ghosts. <laughs> I love it. Once they sell that house, I bet we'll get more details. Well, yeah, you want to know ahead of time though that that's the house, right? Yes. Oh my god, I, it's kind of cool actually. Some people. Like look for haunted houses. I, that's what I think too. I think like eventually Parks. they could probably get more out of that house because that would be the place. Neil Parks would love that. Foo Fighters recorded there, and it's haunted. Yep. He buys haunted items online. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're begging curses to be inside well, your honest. home. Neil, you know, he he wants to hang out with the ghosts pretty bad. He does. Yes, man. he does. <laughs> he has some books written right now. You can check them out, uh, or you can buy them online. Neil Parks, look for him. He's local, and it's all the local haunts around here, Chillicothe, you name it. He has been there, and he's written about it. The new American religion of UFOs. Belief in aliens is like faith in religion and may come to replace it, according to some. Last week, the New York Times published a viral article about reports of UFOs off the coast in 2014 and 2015 and included an interview with five Navy pilots who witnessed and in some cases recorded mysterious flying objects with no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes that appeared to reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds. 
No one is quite sure what they saw, but the sightings are striking, and they're part of a growing fascination with the possibility of intelligent alien life. According to Diana Pascula, a professor at the University of North Carolina and author of the new book, American Cosmic, belief in UFOs and extraterrestrials is becoming a kind of religion, she says, and it isn't nearly as fringe as you might think. More than half of American adults and over 60% of young Americans believe in intelligent extraterrestrial life. This tracks pretty closely with the belief in God, she says. And if Pascula is right, that's not an accident. Her book isn't so much about the truth of UFOs or aliens. It is about what the appeal of belief in those things says about our culture and the shifting roles of religion and technology in it. On the surface, it's a book about the popularity of belief in aliens, but it's really a deep look at how myths and religions are created in the first place and how human beings deal with unexplainable experiences. A lightly edited transcript of the conversation with Pascula follows. Uh, you describe belief in UFOs and aliens as the latest manifestation of a very old impulse, a religious impulse. What is it about extraterrestrials that captivates so many people? Pascula goes on to say, one way we can make sense of this by using a very old but functional definition of religion as simply the belief in non-human and supernatural intelligent beings that often descend from the sky. There are many definitions of religion, but this one is pretty standard. There is another distinction about belief in non-human extraterrestrial intelligence or UFO inhabitants that makes it distinct from the types of religions with which we are most familiar. Um, a historian of Catholicism, for instance, would say uh, what they find when they interact with people in Catholic communities is that they have faith that Jesus walked on water and that the Virgin Mary uh, apparitions were true. But there's some, uh, something very different about the UFO narrative. Here we have people who are actual scientists like Ellen Stolfen, the former chief scientist at NASA. Uh, they are, uh, this person's willing to go on TV and basically make announcements like, we are going to find extraterrestrial life. Now she's not exactly uh, talking about the intelligent extraterrestrial life, but that's not how many people interpret her anyway. She says that they're going to find life. They're going to find inhabitable planets and things like that. But So that gives this type of religious, religiousosity a far more powerful bite than the traditional religions, which are based on faith and things unseen and unfound. But the belief that UFOs and aliens are potentially true and could potentially be proven makes this a uniquely powerful narrative for the people who believe in it. It is fair to call this new form of religion uh, a religion, I, I would say so. Uh, there are two incredible modern scientists, such as Alan Hynek and Joaquiz Valil, who reviewed the idea. Hynek passed away in 1986, but he actually, uh, the star character in the History Channel show Project Blue Book, Valil is still here, and he's an astronomer and a computer scientist who worked on ARPANET, which was a military precursor to the Internet. Basically, Hynek and Valil called themselves the Invisible College. Once they started to believe the things they were investigating were somehow either extraterrestrial or interdimensional, they were part of a group of scientists that were known to each other but were not known to the general public who quietly pursued the research of their own time. 
So once uh, you start engaging with uh, these scientists who are doing this type of work, who believe in the reality of extraterrestrial intelligence, who believe they were reverse engineering technology from what they insisted was alien aircraft, it, it would be stunning for all of us to bear witness to this and probably cause some sort of a cataclysmic event where people are often shooting each other, religions are battling other religions for supremacy, and if we all of a sudden have a mothership appear out of the sky out of nowhere, you're going to have all of these gun-crazy Americans or those from other countries that are gun-crazy uh, popping off rounds at the unknown and possibly creating an interstellar war. That's something that we don't really need to see in our lifetime, or any lifetime for that matter. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. What better time than now for our government to sneak in a story like what I'm about to share with you, considering we are in the midst of a global pandemic right now, sharing vital information about the existence of UFOs. Now would be a great time for them just to sneak it in under the radar, undetected, and no one really even notice. The Pentagon has officially released UFO videos, uh, three short videos, in fact, of unidentified aerial phenomena that had previously been released by a private company. The videos show what appeared to be an unidentified flying object rapidly moving while recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. The Navy previously acknowledged the veracity of the videos in September of last year. They are officially releasing them now in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos, according to Pentagon spokesperson Sue Go. After a thorough review, the departments have determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems, said Go in a statement, and does not impinge on any subsequent investigations of military airspace, incursions, or unidentified aerial phenomena. The Navy now has formal guidelines for how its pilots can report when they believe they have seen possible UFOs. The Navy videos were first released between December 2017 and March 2018 by to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge that says it studies information about unidentified aerial phenomena. In 2017, one of the pilots who saw one of the unidentified objects in 2004 told CNN that it moved in ways he could not explain nor had he ever seen. As I got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds, said retire. U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor, this was extremely abrupt, like a ping-pong ball bouncing off of a wall. It would hit and then go the other way instantly. The Pentagon has previously studied recordings of aerial encounters with unknown objects as part of a 
since shuttered classified program that has launched at the behest of former Senator Harry Reid of Nevada. The program was launched in 2007 and ended in 2012, according to the Pentagon, because they assessed that there were higher priorities that needed funding. Nevertheless, the former head of the classified program told CNN in 2017 that he personally believes there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone. Mythic humanoids are mythological creatures that are part human or that resemble humans through appearance or character. The multitude of mythic humanoids can be divided into four categories. The first one, human-skinned humanoids. These humanoids can pass unnoticed in human society if their attributes are small enough to go unnoticed. Their ears may be slightly misshaped, their eyes may not line up, or their height may not measure up, but their difference in appearance can be attributed to genetic mistakes or mutation. Sometimes they live separated from society, live in alternative realities, or appear at night or under specific circumstances. This category includes witches, elves, fairies, nymphs, house spirits, semi-beings, and imps. Monster skin humanoids is another category. Portions of these humanoids are clearly not of human make. They may have drastic differences in skin color and eye type and may have scales, fur, claws, and tails. The average person may find them quite unpleasant and untrustworthy because they are not entirely human. An example is the Kyubi no Kistun found in Japanese folklore or something as close to the heartland of Ohio, a small devil-looking creature with a tail that resembles a red child. The third category, monstrous humanoids. These humanoids are likely to instill fear and revulsion. They may walk, talk, and think like a human, but they are obviously not human. Some examples of these monsters are demons and vampires. Temporary humanoids. The temporary form style. These are creatures that may temporarily disguise or transform into a human shape, but have entirely different true forms. A home security camera captured tiny humanoid creatures frolicking on a driveway in Dallas, Texas this week. Startling footage was recently captured by a security camera outside a Dallas, Texas home. While some might think that the video simply depicts extraterrestrial visitors or even birds, there's a possibility that they are elves that have broken through the extra-dimensional barrier to frolic in our driveways. Now, ironically, next to this subdivision where this house is located, uh, there is a sacred site nearby, um, an Indian earthwork from uh, original, original ancient inhabitants. And they and their folklore storytelling have passed down for generations tales and stories of strange humanoid creatures that would visit at night um, as a means of warning or for good luck. Now, this story was sent to me from R. No Sleep. It's titled Small Humanoids. Am I the only one seeing these creatures running around? They are small little humans with pale gray skin, and they run around on all fours. Their faces look like humans, but there's something different. But I can't put my finger on 
how to describe it. I really don't effing know. But the best way I can describe them without babbling like an idiot are the Falmer from the Elder Scrolls, except only a foot or so in difference. They've infested my house, and they watch me constantly. They're probably seeing me type this up right now. Anyways, I've heard them speak. It's a small and hushed little voice, but I've heard them say a word, and then they say it a lot to each other. Eat. I have no clue what the F they eat, but the food in my cabinet hasn't been eaten. Cheez-Its, crackers, small stuff that rats and mice would orgasm over. I might try and tape them when I sleep to see if they're more active at night. Anyways, I've started noticing them about a day ago. I first saw them scampering outside around the convenience store at about 1.30ish. I'll fill you in when I know more. Interesting story. Thank you for sharing that. Are no sleep. Thanks for sticking with me this long during this episode. It was a lot longer than normal. Actually exceeded an hour. But I had a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of stuff to jam in and talk about highlighting last year. This is Neil Parks, award-winning author and your host for Paranormally Speaking. Please join me again next week and the weeks following through this new year. And I'll have a lot of other crazy things to discuss, new topics to unload on you, new interesting news, strange insights, and things you may have never even heard or thought of. Have a great rest of the week, a terrific weekend, and enjoy the new year. Let's make this one count. Neil Parks, signing out.